Meeting my dear friends, it's a great privilege and joy for me to be given the opportunity to share a few thoughts with you this evening on the Lord's Prayer. My talk will take part in two, two separate halves. The first half will be talking about prayer in general, and the second half will be the sixth petition in the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is perhaps one of the best-known prayers in the entire world. For example, in the year 2007, it was estimated that 2 billion people, 2 billion people said that prayer in every language known to man. My view is this. Anyone can say it, but only the disciples of the Lord can pray it. This prayer is perhaps better entitled the Disciples' Prayer rather than the Lord's Prayer, even the Lord taught it, because it is for the disciples to pray in this fashion. However, even the prayers of the disciples, you and I, are never perfect. It doesn't matter whether you use the Lord's Prayer or other words to pray. Your prayers will never be perfect. But nevertheless, be encouraged to pray despite this, because no matter how weak or feeble our prayers may be, rest assured that God is listening to your prayers. In fact, he is more keen to hear your prayer than you are even to pray. Romans 8, 26, 27 says, for example, likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words, and he who searches the hearts of men knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We have the Spirit helping us. So why does God listen to our prayers when they're not perfect? Here's the answer. Matthew 7, verse 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to them who ask him? God is gracious. He is kind. He is generous to his own beyond telling. That's why. Not because we're great. So remember, no matter what the situation, no matter how bad, even if it turns out to be your own fault, never, never not pray. Always be constant in prayer. Think of Billy Graham who said, heaven is full of answers to prayer for which no one has bothered to ask. I tell you, the devil quakes when the church kneels in prayer. That's where the power is. So whatever happens, please, please pray. Now, to more specifically to the second part of the sixth final petition of the Lord. Perhaps we'll have the first slide up. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. When we really consider this, it looks as though we're asking God not to do something that he wants to do. That is, lead us into temptation. What? Temptation to sin? God forbid. That just completely goes against the holy nature of God. The second part of the petition, but deliver us from evil, is much easier to understand. After all, 
being delivered from evil or the evil one is right and proper for the Christian to pray. Evil is bad. (laughs) Whether it be in the individual, the church, the nation, or internationally, it always results in sadness, pain, suffering, and destruction, whatever it looks like to begin with. So if you are involved in anything evil, give it up. Now, no matter how difficult and painful it may be to do so, for ultimately the consequences of continuing in evil will result in much more destruction than anything else. Stop now. So ask God to deliver us is the right thing for the Christian to pray. It also demonstrates our humility in that we recognize we need the help of God to overcome evil. We can't do it by ourselves. But lead us not into temptation. What does this mean? After all, James says in 1 and 13, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. So I think the answer actually lies looking at the meaning of the word temptation, which actually has a double meaning depending on its context. And I may call it negative leading into sin or positive that we'll come to. So can we see the second slide, please? So what does temptation mean in the negative? Well, it means this. The the New Testament Greek term for temptation is pierasmos. This is sometimes used to refer to temptation with an evil intent or to entice someone to sin so they might fall. That does happen. Galatians 6 and 1 says, Brethren, even if a man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness each one looking to yourself, lest you too may be tempted. And that's, that's how we tend to look at temptation, that it leads you to, to sin, to fall down, etc. But there are, in fact, positive aspects of temptation which are well worth considering. Perhaps we'll see that in the next slide. Positive aspects. For instance, in Hebrews 11 and 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, the same word, offered Isaac. Was God trying to tempt Abraham to sin? God forbid he wasn't. He was giving Abraham the chance to prove his unwavering trust in God himself and to his promise. And we know also from 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 that God will never allow you to be tempted beyond your ability to bear. Always find he will provide a way out of it. Next slide. And also the apostle James himself utilizes the same word meaning testing and trial. Consider it pure joy. Wow, my brothers, whatever you, whenever you face trials, pressimos, of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And blessed are the man who perseveres in the trial, same word, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. So that's, that's really the positive side. So it is this positive sense that the petition is referring to. It is not wrong for the Christian to ask God for help to avoid difficulties, painful experiences, etc. But if the Lord wants you to go through that direction, then it's right and proper to pray that you might be delivered from the evil one who all he wants you to do is fall into sin, bring shame on yourself, bring shame on your testimony. In fact, as the Lord himself prayed, you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. But nevertheless, may thy will be done. This is what 
we're thinking about. So God only ever leads us into tests and trials for our development and progress in the life of faith. And sometimes, to be quite honest and upfront, for his holy purposes, which may never be revealed until we get to heaven. This is the positive aspect, I believe, that the, this petition number six is referring to. So, where does temptation to, to do evil, bad things, where does that come from? Well, actually, it comes from three different sources. It comes from yourself, no matter how good you are, because you are a fallen creature, and you are prone to sin. It also comes from the world, because the world wants to mold you like itself, to do what it wants. And of course, it can come from Satan himself. That's where temptation in the negative sense actually comes from. It never, ever comes from God. Never. So, how can we overcome temptation in the negative sense? Perhaps the last slide will help us here. How do we avoid temptation? Well, let me tell you. First one, use common sense. Common sense. Not very common these days. If you know you have a particular weakness for something, say for alcohol, don't get a job in a pub. That's stupid. Why let yourself do that? Use your common sense. But also, listen and share with one another. That is, I believe, one of the most important functions of fellowship. We should be supporting and praying for one another. Secondly, know the scriptures. Know the Bible and follow its teachings. That's a tremendous way to overcome temptation. And we have the Lord's example himself. Remember when he was led by the Spirit of God after being baptized into the desert to be tempted by Satan himself? How did he respond? Well, he responded by using the Word of God. It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only thou shalt serve. See how even the Lord himself used the scriptures to avoid temptation, etc. And thirdly, pray in faith for deliverance, not only for yourself, but for one another. Once again, we have the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, Matthew 26, 41, he said to his disciples, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. So pray for yourself. The spirit is need willing, but the flesh is weak. But also pray for one another. Remember the Lord said, Luke twenty-two thirty-two to Simon, 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 behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. And when you, uh, and when you have turned again, strengthen your brethren. See what I mean? Even the Lord told Simon to pray for one another. So, my time is fully up. So, final two things to say. One is, be, you have two temptations. One temptation will be to say, what does this guy know? <laughs> He's rubbish. He, I don't know who he is. What is he talking about? Fair enough. Easy enough to overcome that. It doesn't matter what I say. What matters is what the Spirit of God says through his word. That's what matters. Pay attention to that. And second temptation will be this. You'll be tempted not to pray tonight. All kinds of thoughts will come into your mind, some even good ones. And why do they come? To prevent you from praying. You, you and I need the Spirit of God to help us to pray. And remember this. 
no matter how ancient, classical, and wonderful the Charlotte Chapel machinery is, it will go nowhere without the fuel of prayer.